I'm Cynthia Farrell, owner and principal of 110 West Group. I work with leaders to ensure they have the organizational talent and culture they need to achieve legendary business results and establish a positive leadership legacy. I'm passionate about developing what I refer to as legacy leaders, those who lead with a balance and blend of strategy, authenticity, pragmatism, and compassion. In most of the episodes of this podcast, I'll share conversations I've had with leaders who have found that balance, who have made and will continue to make an incredible impact on the companies they work for and the colleagues, employees, and customers they work with. They are true legacy leaders. In some episodes, I'll dive into a concept around legacy leadership and share my thinking, experience, and stories. I am a storyteller after all, and a legacy leader in my own right. If you know of a fantastic leader that I should speak to, or a legacy leadership concept you'd like to hear more about, please head to the Contact Me page on my website, 110westgroup.com, and drop me a note. That's 110westgroup.com. Welcome to This Is How We Lead, Conversations with Legacy Leaders. This episode continues the Leading in Crisis series of this podcast, where I'm talking to legacy leaders about how they're leading their teams in our current reality. That reality is leading during a pandemic, something probably none of us have experience with. For more information on this series, I recommend listening to the first episode of this podcast if you haven't already. Welcome to this episode of This Is How We Lead. Today, I'm having a conversation with Kara, who is an HR leader for an electrical distribution company. Had to look at my notes to make sure I got that out right. Wanted to welcome Kara. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me, Cynthia. I've been looking forward to this all week long. Awesome. Well, I am right at the end of your week because it is late on a Friday. So I just want to start out with asking how you're doing today. You know, I think that's a great way to ask that question because you're asking, how am I doing today? Which is different than how I was doing yesterday and how I'm doing this afternoon is different than this morning. And so, you know, today is good. I I was actually just on a call with two of my peers from the industry and we were talking about how the last couple of days have just kind of slowed down a little bit for us, um, that we feel like folks are getting into a routine. And um, and so that means that maybe we can turn our attention and as HR leaders away from taking care of everybody else to maybe taking a little bit of care for ourselves. What are you doing to take care of yourself? That I've really kind of stuck to lately is trying to be done with work at a certain time. And it might be, it might vary day to day, but initially in the first few weeks of this pandemic, I found that I was working uh, constantly and I was getting very burnt out. And so that's probably one of the biggest things that I have done for myself is just setting that cutoff time and saying, okay, now it's time for me to switch gears and do something completely different. Right. You have to set those boundaries, you know, and and granted it's a lot harder right now because it's a totally different situation and the boundaries have to flex a little bit. One of my sayings has always been, if you don't set boundaries for yourself, other people will be happy to set them for you. (laughs) And I think in this environment, in order to maintain your own mental health, that you have to try as much as you can, as much as your business will allow it, you have to try and set some boundaries and and take care of yourself. And, and, And then 
you end up showing up and being a better leader for the people who need you as well. Yes. Yes. It's the whole, uh, you're on a plane and, and you put your own oxygen mask on first. That's something I think that, you know, in the first part of the, the crisis that we're in, it was hard to remember that because there was so much need and so many things that needed to be done and learned, quite frankly. And being able to kind of get a few weeks under our belt has definitely helped with that. How has your team and, you know, both your HR team and your leadership team handled this shift? Remarkably well. So the industry that we're in is a fairly traditional industry. Let's see, it would have been Sunday, March 15th. We had a call at about four o'clock in the afternoon as an, as an executive team and made the decision that uh, we were going to go 100% remote with anybody who possibly could the very next day. So it wasn't have people come into the office and, you know, we'll coordinate everything. We just sent an email out and said, hey, if you can work remote, we want you to start tomorrow. If you need to come into the office to get something, do that. And really within, within that first day, we had over 80% of the people who could work remote were working remote. And by the end of the week, every single person who could work remote was set up with the technology that they needed to be able to do that. So our response has been remarkable. We have really worked hard at making sure that we have three priorities and we're very particular about the order that those are in. Uh, The first is um, safety for us and for our customers and our suppliers. Um, The second is the well-being of our employees. And then the third is running our business. And it's not to say that, you know, running our business isn't important. It absolutely is. But we can't do that if we don't take care of the first two. I think that that has been just awesome to watch of how quickly we rallied around what was really important. And that was taking care of our people. And that's a really important message to your employees, allowing them to feel that level of safety. So if you're thinking kind of Maslow's hierarchy of needs, right, that psychological safety that you know your employer is first and foremost, concerned about you and your safety. And that can help when there are so many other aspects of life where you don't know where your safety meter is, right? You at least know that you have that. I'm also really impressed, Kara, that you guys activated so quickly on that because like you said, you're, you're a legacy industry. And I think sometimes organizations that are maybe a little bit more traditional they can get so used to just doing things in a certain way. It can be very hard for them to think about how can we shift really, really quickly. And that says a lot about your leadership team that you guys were able to make that shift and make it happen so quickly and so effectively. It's interesting to watch what an emergency will do because having people work remote was something that we've talked about for the two years that I've been with this company. And, you know, it's been, Oh, could, you know, could this type of a role really do their job from home? I mean, I feel like they need to be in the office and we've, we've had some of these dialogues about um, people's capability of being able to have the technology that they need and the resources that they need to be able to, to work remote. And then all of a sudden, within 24 hours, we flipped the switch and we did it. And it's been working great. And it's it's a huge shout out to our IT team um, that worked tirelessly that first week to make sure that people had the equipment that they needed and um, that we had the security that we needed and some very creative solutions at times. 
they just did an outstanding job and were, uh, were probably better prepared than what we realized to do something like that. But more importantly, it, it's, it's even a testament to our employees to just be able to flip that quickly. You know, when they, when they got up on Sunday morning, they were thinking they were going into work on Monday uh, into an office and to be able to, to pivot that fast and be able to say, okay, no, I have to find my space in my house and I have to level set with my kids and my spouse about my work and I have to set up my workstation and, uh, and make sure my technology works. And they did it so fast. It was it was just remarkable to watch. I'm just so proud of the way that we've reacted to this. I think sometimes we don't give people enough credit for being resilient. And we say people are change adverse, but in a challenging situation when, you know, like you said, it's amazing what an emergency can do. Well, this is what we have to do now. And we're going to rally and make it happen. And that's, you know, like I said, people are more resilient than we give them credit for. Yes, I agree. So other than just the ability, the adaptability to the new situation, what what surprised you about your team as you've led through this? I think in in my team in particular with leading, and uh, I lead both the HR and the safety functions at my company, and and we have a really special place to work uh, where I'm at. Uh, The culture was just fantastic well before I arrived on the scene uh, a couple years ago. And so seeing us prioritize that, you know, safety employees business in that order is exactly what I would have hoped for and expected from the company. But then when it comes to my team, you know, the HR and the safety team, they're the ones that are getting the calls from concerned employees, concerned leaders, because we still do have about a third of our employees who are working in our distribution center, in our branch locations, in delivering product to our customers. Um, they don't have the same luxury that a lot of our employees do with working from home. So they have really relevant concerns about their safety, about whether they're coming, you know, in contact with somebody. And am I going to take this home? Am I going to take something home to a family member who maybe has an immune system that's been compromised? And, uh, and so to see the level of care and compassion um, that my team has had with with folks, it kind of chokes me up a little bit to think about it, just in, in hearing some of the conversations that they've had um, of just understanding what's going on and really kind of putting on their counselor hat and just talking people through and helping them process the emotions, but also apply some some logic and facts to the situation and come to a good solution. I've just been I, I, I wouldn't say I'm surprised by it because it's always been there, but they're, they're on overdrive with that right now. And I'm just so pleased with, um, with the care and compassion um, that they've had with still uh, balancing uh, what they need to help just coach employees and get them, get them kind of with their heads in a better space. And this is a period of time where we have to dial up on the compassion. We have to dial up on the understanding and the grace giving, Right. One of the questions I'd I'd ask you to think about in advance is, you know, how are you balancing the need to give your people the space and the grace to manage their feelings, this new environment, you know, working at home with kids and dogs and spouses and not a great workspace and all of this with still needing to get work done? The word we keep using is grace. So we have to give people a lot of grace. Um, And then I think the second piece is acknowledging that everybody's in a different space. Everybody has something going on uh, in their lives or concerns that they have. 
for example, I, my husband's a small business owner. And so while I didn't, I'm an empty nester, I don't have kids at home. I'm concerned about what's going to happen to his business because the, the revenue dried up overnight. Um, I have elderly parents that I'm concerned about, you know, but there are other people who it's, you know, I have kids at home and I'm trying to become a first time teacher uh, and help navigate life with them. And, uh, and so I, I just think everybody's got something going on. So giving grace to people, even if their situation isn't like mine or like yours, they've still got something that they have that is, is a concern to them. I think the the other piece too, and I've, I've noticed this with with my uh, with not just my team, but with with all the teams. Being busy helps. Like it helps you process some of this. I I think that the more that we focus on uh, watching the news or getting on different websites and listening to all of the stories that are going on right now, the harder it can be to keep a positive attitude and process. So what I found is. Uh, making sure that we're really focused, that we're that we're staying true to like getting things done, and that we all have full plates helps actually uh, because it, it's uh, it's taking our minds off of everything else that's going on. I can't agree with you more on that. That if we can find those things when we find ourselves swirling a little bit, find those things that we can focus on that will engage our mind and have a meaningful outcome that will really help us manage ourselves through. Getting back to your team, I'd love to hear what are some of the specific things that you've been doing, actions you've been taking to lead your team and keep them engaged during this period, especially given that, like you were saying, your team is not only doing the work, but they're having to be the heart of the organization right now. There's a a couple of things that we're doing. Uh, The first is we're focusing on what we can control and not focusing, trying hard not to focus on what we can't control, um, which isn't always easy. Um, We have upped our communication game big time. And so our communication now is much more purposeful. I think the biggest thing is just the constant flow of communication has to be really, really critical during this time. What's been most challenging for you as a leader? I think, you know, the first thing that I would say is the pace. Um, this pace has been extraordinary and, and I, uh, I'll probably date myself here a little bit with this, but a couple weeks ago, I was asking my team that, that, uh, is many of them are quite a bit younger than I am. And I just said, Hey, where were you guys on nine 11? It ranged from, you know, I was part of an HR department at this company to I was in grade school. And it really helped me kind of get an understanding that for many people, really, if you're below the age of 40, you weren't part of the workforce during the previous most tragic event in our nation's history, (laughs) you know, recent history, which was 9-11. But even comparing this to 9-11 or the financial crisis of 08, because I've I've had leaders make that comparison too, this is completely different. And things are happening so quickly. That's been been one of the most challenging things that's happened. I, I, I refer to it as whack-a-mole uh, because as soon as one issue that you that's popped up gets tamped down, there's two others that have popped up somewhere else. And so you're constantly shifting and, and trying to take care of uh, just what's at hand. And so I think that's the first thing. And then um, the second thing is 
just the range of emotions that that I personally have been feeling uh, as a leader, because there are some days where I'm like, man, I've got this, I'm strong, I'm moving forward. And then uh, just even last night, the news was on and they're like, like commercials that I was crying at, you know, and, and, and so just to be able to see that range of emotion, and if anything, that's helped me give that grace to others that um, at any given moment, you can be in a different spot um, based on, you know, what you're thinking about or what just happened to you. And so we just have to be really kind with each other right now and, and give so much grace. And so I think those two have been the most challenging pieces for me. Navigating Families First Coronavirus Response Act is tough. The CARES Act is tough, but we'll get through that. Um, It's more of how we're working and and how we're showing up that I think has been the biggest challenge. Absolutely. What have you learned about yourself as a leader through this? I did some reflection on this a few weeks ago as I was kind of navigating the the PACE issue. And I was comparing it to 9-11 and I said, okay, what, you know, why does this feel so much different? And I realized in in 9-11, I had, you know, I was a, I was at a manager level for a company in Texas. A lot of the decisions of how we were going to handle things were made far above me uh, in that company. And then I was expected to help execute. You know, I might give a little bit of input, but I was expected to help execute. This time, I'm at the table and helping to make those decisions and influencing and helping to be a devil's advocate and bring up different points of view. And that's a very different role in a crisis situation than I've ever experienced, not necessarily in just a business, because that's what a head of HR does, you know, but but when you're in a crisis situation, it takes on even more meaning. So I'm just learning, navigating that. Um, I've learned it's really important to make well-informed decisions as quickly as you can because people are counting on it, and uh, whether it's employees or customers. And I heard our governor, and this was one a briefing a couple weeks ago, somebody was already trying to, a reporter was asking him a question and they're already starting to play the blame game, you know, and he just stopped it and he shut it down so articulately because he said, you know what, there's going to be plenty of time to dissect whether we did the right thing or not later. The important thing right now is that we're taking action. So I am more than happy to have that dialogue later. And that really resonated with me that, hey, we need to really move quickly on these. And then I think the last thing that that I learned, I really kind of like pressure. I like crisis situations. I like being almost singularly focused on an on one thing, even though it's a very complex thing. Uh, right now, it's about the safety of our employees, their uh, well-being, and keeping our company running. And every, I bet 99% of what I've done in the last four weeks centers around those three things. And I like it. Um, and I don't like the situation that we're in, but I like having that pressure and that accountability and knowing that what I'm doing uh, can make a difference. One last question for you. What's one piece of advice you'd give to other leaders as we continue to navigate this very unique period in our business environment? I will say it is keep the people first always. We're all humans on the side of this. And so keeping people first, if you make the decisions about what's right for people, the business is going to follow. At the end of this, as we emerge from this, our employees, our customers, our communities, there will be all sorts of things that will be said 
about us and how we handled this. And so it's really important to think about how do, how do I want somebody to describe how my company supported them during this time? And what did we do to make sure that they were safe and well taken care of? Um, because we have, a, we have a strong belief in my company that when we do emerge from this, uh, we're going to need every single one of our great people that we currently have. And we might not, we might even need more. And, uh, and we want to make sure that that people can reflect back and say, wow, you guys did the right thing for us. And we really appreciate that. Well, Kara, thank you so much for your time today. Your company is so lucky to have you. They are in very, very good hands. And that executive team is very lucky to have you there as their peer and uh, probably their conscience a little bit as well. It was great having you here today. I really appreciate your time. Thank you. Thank you. Stay safe. Stay well. You too. That wraps up this episode of This Is How We Lead, Conversations with Legacy Leaders. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to learn about the work I do with organizations and leaders to achieve legendary business results and establish a positive leadership legacy, please head to my website at 110westgroup.com. That's 110westgroup.com. And if you know of a fantastic legacy leader who I should have on this podcast, use the contact me page on my website and drop me a note. Thank you again and be well.